Welcome to the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, silly, strange, and sublime aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men, who are the go-to parent, aren't always accepted at work, among their friends, or in the community for what they're doing. I'm your host, Paul Sullivan. Our podcast is just one of the many things we produce each week at the Company of Dads. We have various features, including the Lead Dad of the Week. We have our community, both online and in person. We have a new resource library for all fathers called, well, the Lead Dad Library. The one-stop shop for all of this is our newsletter, The Dad. So sign up today at thecompanyofdads.com backslash the dad. Today, our guest is Jason Abrams. What he does isn't why he's on our podcast. He is a senior public relations manager at Amtrak, and I've known him for years since he worked at a PR agency and I worked at the New York Times. Great guy, good as job. But the reason Jason is on our podcast, the why for us talking today, is for what he's just completed, and that's a 10-week parental leave for his second daughter. He took a similar, albeit slightly shorter leave, when his first daughter was born nearly five years ago. But this leave came at a time when the debate is heating up around equal leave for both moms and dads, or um, as some companies say, birthing and non-birthing parents. And that's why we're going to talk about it today. One man's story and what others can learn from it. Welcome, Jason, to the Company Thanks, Dads Paul. podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, are you on an Amtrak train right now? I am not on an Amtrak train right now. Um, I wish I was because the trains are great and I always have a good time on them. Spoken like the senior PR manager at Amtrak. I love it. The trains are awesome. Everything about them is great. Yeah. And look at these picturesque views that you can't see anywhere else in the country. (laughs) I love it. Um, Lay out the basics here. What, what uh, What is the parental leave policy at Amtrak? How has it evolved over the years that, that you've been there? Yep. So uh, the current policy for fathers is 10 weeks, uh, which I was able to take with my newborn Bryce. Um, It has grown over the past couple of years when my older one, Madden, uh, was born, like you said, a little over five, uh, a little under five years ago. I only had six weeks. So it really speaks volume to the company's commitment, not only to its employees, but its belief in having happy employees who appreciate their families, take time to spend with them, um, and, you know, want to give people the bonding time with their kids, or in some cases, um, it, it, ex- it extends to, um, you know, caregiving leave yep. and whatnot too. And like the family element that we're all people at the end of the day too. And you, you got te- 10 weeks as a dad. What, what do moms get? What do birthing parents get at at Amtrak. I'd have to double check on that. And Okay. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Sorry. Um, talk to me about, you know, kind of go back to the, the, the most recent one, obviously fresh in your mind, but rewind for us. You know, what was the feeling like when you took those, that first leave, those six weeks off when your first daughter was born nearly five years ago? How'd you prepare for it? How'd you feel going out? What type of support did you get? Talk about that. Yeah. So um, it was kind of funny because my father, my father-in-law, you know, a older generation, um, older than you as well, you know, like we're kind of in the same range. Um, they didn't have leave at all. Right. So they were able to maybe take a day or two, maybe a week tops, and then they had to go back to work. That's, that's the way that things were. So, um, as it was kind of building 
up to it. My father, my father-in-law, my uncle, a whole bunch of other people were just like, wow, um, you're so lucky. I really wish I had that time myself. You know, I really hope you take advantage of it. You're going to have a great time. Um, so what I, I did and my wife did for both of our kids is she did her leave first and then I did mine after. Um, and so it was actually helpful because I was able to see, especially for our first child, like what she did, how she did it, you know, taking mental notes of what I can expect for mine. So it wasn't just like, whoa, what do I do? How do I handle this? You know, whatnot. Um, it also helped that um, we kind of built up a, a schedule and itinerary, so to speak, where it's like, okay, I know on Tuesdays at 11 o'clock, I'm going to take her to the gym class. And this day there's a library class and whatnot too. Um, so having that, that buffer where I was still working um, was a big part of my leave and preparing for it as well. I had a great time. It's very sad to go back um, to work, but you know, that's like, we have to work and that's the way it is. And um, you know, in the past almost five years, like I said, she's, she's totally thrived. You know, it's not like she needed me at home or my wife at home. Like this is what you do as parents, you know, whether it's going to college or, going to daycare, like you take care of them and then you send them off in the world and you hope that what you do as a parent and what you bring them cultivates them and makes them a great person. You know, how was this, you know, most recently, the 10 week leave, how, how is it the same? How is it, how is it different from, from the first one? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people with their second kid, or at least what they say tend to be like a little more, laissez-faire like loosey-goosey type of thing like now that, that, that's when you get to three and four when you get to three four and five then it's like yeah they're fine yeah um we were definitely a lot more scheduled and regimented even more so we're like i couldn't do as much classes with my second as the one before it was more like taking care of her staying at home but like very um specific nap times and making sure that we're meeting those windows you know for her as well and it was like it also felt like a lot faster, even though the time was longer, like the day specifically, where it was like, she'd nap, I'd wake up, I'd feed her. Next thing I know, she was 20 minutes away from her next nap. And it was like, this wasn't the way it was with Madden, my older one. So I don't know why it feels different, but it does. Um, but there was also like an air of comfortability with it too. Like, oh, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. Yeah you know, like nothing's really going to scare me type deal. Um, and having the longer time was great as well. You know, I remember saying this, um, with my first child that, wow, I I wish I had bonding time every year and we do with vacations and whatnot, but it's not the same as having six weeks or 10 weeks consecutively, you know, without working. Um, so you don't really have that time again, as opposed to vacations or other time off. So um, it's definitely really important to cherish it and take advantage of it, regardless of how long it is, because you will never have it again. You know, your leaves straddled, um, <clears throat> you know, the the great divide in, in work in America, and that was the, the COVID pandemic. And so when you think about how you prepared and you went out on parental leave in 2018, uh, mm-hmm. when your older I was born versus how you went out um, in 2023. What are the big differences in those two time periods for you taking parental leave? Yeah. Um, so in a lot of ways, they were very much the same. 
um, in terms of like, I knew that I needed to prepare. I was very lucky in the sense that I had a coworker in 2018 who took parental leave um, for her daughter right before mine, her first daughter. So it was like, I had a great paradigm to follow for how she did things, how she set up our entire team. You know, in her case specifically, I was her, or at least half of her backup. So like, you know, she was working with me to be like, these are the things you need to know. These are the people you have to talk to. Like if something happens here, you go to there or whatnot. And she created this um, spreadsheet grid that was X number of rows and columns long with every detail I could possibly need. It was absolutely fantastic. So I had that help to essentially say like, I will copy you know, what Beth did. She was so great and so helpful. And this will be helpful to the rest of my team as well. And I was able to replicate that in 2023 as well. I mean, the grid was a little longer. Some names may have changed. Some totally stay the same, but um, it was the same concept of like, my team is, and my boss especially is, you know, it is a company rule, but like you obviously want everyone who's covering for you to maintain, or even in some cases, like exceed everything that you do. And you can't let balls drop, you know, with the responsibility when you're leaving, even though you're available, like it's, um, you know, Amtrak takes its rules very seriously as it should. And it like, legally you can't do any work when you're on leave so like i need to make sure that everyone is covered and nobody feels like they have to reach out to me for that so the level of preparation for my teammates for my boss for everyone within the company was very strong um, and very similar both times that, that's interesting so like a company policy in essence kept people from calling you up and saying, Hey, Jason, just got one question. Hey, Jay. And, and also, I guess, kept you from saying, Hey, let me just log on and see what's going on here. Is that, is that correct? Like it, you just couldn't do it. They shut you out. Enjoy your leave. See you in 10 weeks. Exactly. I mean, like I have some of my colleagues, personal numbers and they'd message me like, Hey, we miss you. Like, how's everything going? Like I was still able to talk to them, you know, social media asked from that vantage point as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely. hundred percent respected. I knew that, um, going in my first time again, just based off the way that the company is structured. Um, and it, because that was validated after my leave, it, it gave a self a sense of reassurance for the second time as well. So like you weren't even ever tempted to like wander into Penn station and just kind of like look around say anything. Um, well, we put in some new artwork, so I wanted to see the new artwork that, that went in when I was on leave, but I was able to see it when I came back. You know, one of the things you outlined, which is great, is sort of the logistics of leave. You managed everything. You had a model. You managed the logistics. People were left, you know, knowing what was going on. You know, fortunately, it worked well the first time, so you didn't have to reinvent the wheel at the same time. <laughs> but one of the issues that a lot of you know, parents have, particularly men, around leave is the stigma. The stigma that a man is gonna go out and leave, you're not the birthing parent, what do you need to leave, you know? And and you hear all these stories, we hear them on the company dads all the time, kind of horrific stories of people, you return from parental leave, someone says, how was your vacation? And I always joke, like, a vacation has a cocktail with an umbrella in it. I don't think yeah. I had any cocktails with umbrellas in them when I was taking care of my kids. I may have had like, you know, straight vodka or something like that, or scotch, but no umbrella. Um, what was, you know, when you think about the culture, um, and how the culture aligned behind you feeling confident that, you know, not only should you take this, but you really could take this leave and not worry about the impact to your career. What were some of the cultural 
touchstones that that stick out either the first or, or the second time. Yeah, I remember a few times, you know, people would be like, oh, you're you're going to be begging to come back to work, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never, um, you know, like in a sense, like you'd be struggling so much or it'd be so much more difficult than work, but I never got the sense, like it was never, it's not hard for me to be a caretaker for my child, like to bond with them, like to manage the sleeping, to manage the, the, the diaper changes, the tantrums, like all of that, no struggle whatsoever for me. Um, that doesn't mean it's always easy, you know, but like, I was never like, Oh my God, I can't take this anymore. Like I need to go back to work. Right. It was never like that overwhelming for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's gratifying to know. Um, like I talked about earlier, I know some aspects of it is, is generationally, but, um, the company Amtrak itself as a company is, is, is very, like I said, it's it's very important, like the way that it's set up to reward employees, like everything that we do. And obviously I'm very close to the messaging in my role, but like we always want to make sure we're talking about customers and employees. Like employees are the heart of every company. It doesn't matter if you're on the PR side. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer or conductor on board. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer, you know, working on construction of a new bridge. Like Everything that we do, it's our employees and our customers as well. And it's so gratifying and valuing as an employee to to see that message, that idea, that culture is permeated throughout every department. You know, like we have these pillars within the company and one of them is do the right thing. And I never have to question that our leadership, you know, my boss, my team, like doesn't do the right thing on a daily basis. Cause that's at the heart that what we do. And it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to prove it. And I feel very validated based on my entire experiences there, including paternity leave that it is. When you came back, uh, the second time, how was the reentry? What was it like after being away for 10 weeks and then, you know, okay, you're back. Yep. So it's funny. Cause you talked about the, the great divide and the mm-hmm. difference between the before and after. Um, at Amtrak, we kind of have a before and after too with the um, IAJA, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. And that gave our, our company essentially $66 billion to improve rail, infrastructure, stations, fleet as well. Uh, 22 technically goes to Amtrak and 44 goes to the Federal Railroad Administration just to get a little more into the weeds. But um, it's a generational impact not only to Amtrak as a company, but the American rail system. So that happened um, a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, and so coming back in 2018 was a lot, there There was a lot to do, but it was easy to pick up from where I left off. And because we've got this generational investments um, that have come to us, and even more so with it, like there was just some grants awarded to us. It was like right back ramping up like super fast this time around because we had events about um, the Hudson Tunnel Project, which is the tunnel that goes between New Jersey and New York that we're going to be building one of the most urgent infrastructure investments in, in the entire country. And that like that I came back on a Monday that Friday. It was Senator Schumer, Governor Hochul. Uh, Secretary Buttigieg, our board chair, um, all in this event, like that I, you know, had to 
to help staff and manage and, and whatnot too. So it was like right back into the swing of things. I had no choice. And then there was a similar event in your home state in, in Connecticut. I was in Medford. Uh, we do, just did a similar project, um, a, a similar event for the Hudson Tunnel Project, this time on the New Jersey side um, in North Bergen, Jersey. And um, yeah, we opened in, in Penn Station. Going back to that, we opened a new yeah. entrance on 7th Avenue and 32nd. So like as soon as I came back, it was like boom, 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 boom. Right. And all these projects that either were starting or finished and all these events um, that needed to be managed around them. So it was like, as opposed to the first time, the second time, it was just right back into the swing of things, which I prefer because it kind of, for lack of a better word, helped me get back into shape faster, you know, like knowing like this is happening and I have to do all this. Um, And it was a lot at once, but you know, that that's what we do. And this is a, like I said, a generational opportunity and investment. So um, it's all good stuff. And Does hi- did hybrid work make it differently? You know, the option to work, I don't know how many days a week you get to work remotely, but did, yeah. did that, did that, how did that impact the return from parental leave this time versus 2018 when I guess there was no hybrid work? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, so my team is spread over across the country. I'm the only one in my department in New York. So even when work from home started, like it wasn't that different for me. I have my stakeholders in New York that I, I stay connected to all the time, but it didn't really make a difference for me either way. But what about the flexibility, the ability to sort of work a couple of days from your home versus every day in the office? Did that help or hurt in any way with your return after parental leave? No. I wouldn't say it had any impact. The only really thing I could think of is because I get to be home just in general, like I'm, it's easier for me to do daycare pickup, but that's really the only thing and drop right. off. Um, but I wouldn't say that's anything specific to um, work from home or paternity leave in general. You know, now that you're, you're, you're you know, two kids in uh we're naturally rooting for three because at the company of dads you know that's our magic number um but when you think about how you and your wife and your wife's an attorney um how you trade off responsibilities and how you know you're a lead dad how you step up and, and do certain things to help her she, she's got a big career too mm-hmm. um how has that evolved over the years and, and what are the things when you think about like okay I'm really proud of this, or I figured this out, or, you know, five years ago, I really screwed this up, but I'm not going to do that again. Now, what are some of the things that stick out relationship wise? Yeah. I mean, we make a great team and we know what each other's strengths are and we know what each other's weaknesses are. So we're able to, um, adjust and work within each other for each one of those times when it's, she made a joke a few weeks ago. Um, although there, you know, like every joke, there's some truth to it. It's like you as in me do all of the easy tasks that re- don't require like a lot of thought, but like, it's like the heavy lifting, right? Like you get up, you cook meals, you, you know, bring them places. You're able to do this and that and whatnot, like all great stuff. So appreciative of it. But like, I have to do the things that involve like the thinking right? Like the invitations, the filling out forms, the setting up appointments, the play dates, whatnot. Like even if you take her to a doctor's appointment or, you know, take her to a play date or whatever, like I'm the one who coordinates that. Um, And there's no animosity between who does what, because as long as we both get the 
job done and you know our kids are happy and we're both happy that's that's really the only thing that matters you know to us we're both very easygoing low maintenance laid back chill people um so it helps us as a couple like even before kids like, like know what the other person needs intuitively and how we can best be a partner for each other based off of that Come on, t- tell the truth, Jason. After she said that about you just get up, you make breakfast, tell the truth. Yeah. When your daughter came in the, the following Saturday at 5.45 in the morning, you made your wife get up with your daughter, didn't you? No. Nah, nah. What? Come on. Show her it's not all that easy to get up that early. No. I mean, she knows. She knows, and she's grateful and appreciative, just like I'm grateful and appreciative for her picking out every Hanukkah gift that the kids are going to get, you know, and she'll ask me my opinion on some, like, which do you prefer? But that's all her. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sell her out. I mean, there's no reason to sell her. You're not going to sell her. I, 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 you know, I've been a dad now for over 14 years and I can probably count on one hand when I've slept in maybe two hands, I slept in on a Saturday. It's just the shtick. It just works better. And I I don't mind. And I, I love it. I love that. You know, kind of that one-on-one time now, two-on-one time. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, but, it's great. you know, you and I met when you were at a big uh, PR agency. You've obviously worked with uh, scores and scores and scores of companies out there. You know, you, you love Amtrak. They sound like they have a good policy. They're doing right by you. But when you think about what some of your male friends who are becoming dads, what they're going through with their companies and their parental leave, what are some of the differences that stick out? You know, the leave they get, if they get it, versus, you know, what you've been able to have um, twice now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of my friends, when they take leave, a lot of them either say, I don't know if I'm going to take all of it, or a lot of them more stagger it out instead of do it straight. Um, I did mine straight as opposed to staggering out, which, I obviously feel is the best way to do it. Um, and I, I get so confused why they wouldn't take it all. Like we've all got jobs. We've all got responsibilities. Like we've all got um, like a personal connection and desire to do well at work and, you know, not want to let people down and whatnot too. But as I said earlier, like you'll never get this time again. And if it's being offered to you and as long as it's not like, a fake offer, so to speak, yeah. like you're doing, I don't want to say like a disservice by not taking it. You know, you're like, your kid's not going to be uh, impacted either way. Like they're not going to remember the time, but like, I wouldn't as a friend, or even as if it was someone I didn't know, like I would, I wouldn't want you to look back and regret it and not be like, I wish I took more time. Right. Because I don't feel like, you would ever feel I took too much time. Mm. That's fantastic. Jason Abrams, thank you for being my guest today on the Company of Dads podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Company of Dads podcast. I also want to thank the people who make this podcast and everything else that we do with the Company of Dads possible. Helder Mira, who is our audio producer. Lindsay Decker, who handles all of our social media. Terry Brennan, who's helping us with the newsletter and audience acquisition. Emily Servin, who is our web maestro. And of course, Evan Roosevelt, who is working side by side with me in many of the things that we do here at the Company of Dads. It's a great team. um, And we're, we're just trying to bring you the best in fatherhood. Remember, 
the one-stop shop for everything is our newsletter, The Dad. Sign up at thecompanyofdads.com backslash the dad. Thank you again for listening.